You know, Duncan, it's not gold that I want. What is it you want? What I would like to find in a bank 30 miles behind German lines is a five-star review from someone who would also liked and subscribe to the podcast. I'd like that and also the gold. Welcome to A Pod Too Far, where we celebrate the great days of war movies as experienced on Sunday afternoon television in the 1980s. This week, I've got a plan to get rich by going AWOL and taking this podcast 30 miles behind enemy lines to steal some Nazi gold. Yes, it's Kelly's Heroes. Joining me is a bearded hippie who seems oddly comfortable slipping on an SS uniform. Hello, Duncan Weldon. Hello, Rob. (laughs) Big fan of this one? When you said... You know, he, let, let's talk about films which were shown on sort of Sunday afternoon on uh, BBC or Channel 4, ITV or whatever it happened to be in the late 80s, the early 90s. This to me is the absolute classic. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 you don't get more Sunday afternoon war film than Kelly's Heroes. Did I watch it on a Sunday afternoon? I think my dad would have thought this was too silly, you see. It's a very silly it's film. Very, now, I, I don't, very don't, silly do film. not dispute so I that. Think, I think I was sort of late teens and I think actually I watched it with a gang of friends in yeah. the, uh, sort of one Friday night, yeah. um, having rented it. But um, I mean, I've got to say, I started smiling Pretty oh, much yeah, the moment yeah, the music yeah. kicked the music kicked in. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go further. I'm gonna say this is the most ridiculous film we've discussed, and we've discussed Escape to Victory. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought that was a bar you're never going to get over in sort of World War II movies, and now they cleared it. It's made in 1970. Yeah, which is uh, three years after the Dirty Dozen. Now we decided that the Dirty Dozen was a Vietnam movie. Mm-hmm. This is a Vietnam movie at the point at which. America has basically decided that Vietnam was a hideous mistake. Yes, and you know it's becoming it's becoming clear that that. Do do they know that the troops are just shooting their officers over there? I'm not quite. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. But yeah. wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Although the scriptwriter um, Troy Kennedy Martin is British. I did not know that. No, well, neither did I. I did some research. He, he's a TV writer mainly. Actually, um, his brother created the Sweeney. Okay, okay. Ian Kennedy Martin. Um, can you guess the film he wrote that came out the year before? Similar themes, similar vibe. Go on. The Italian Job. Oh! Which leads us, and this is where we bring in, bring you to, you're really your specialist subject. Is Troy Kennedy Martin a gold bug? And <laughs> what is happening to the British economy in the late 1960s that stealing gold seems things to be the way this, forward? The late, the late 60s? We're still on the Bretton Woods system. Gold still really matters to the international economy. You know, the, 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 your gold makes a lot more sense right. as, as <laughs> when you're desperately trying to steal at this point. Oh, I can see the overlap with the Italian job as well yes, now. Yes, well, completely. I because, mean, it, let's be honest, this is a caper movie, not a war yes. movie. It's a, it's a caper movie during a war. Yeah. yeah. It's directed by Brian Hutton, um, no relation, who has made Where Eagles Dare two yeah. years earlier. Also Which is starring. another film in this sort of vein. Of, well, well, more that, 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 of the series. I mean, yeah, but less, sort of, less, less explicitly comic. Less explicitly comic, but you know, still yeah. World War Two. 
capers during World War II, exciting missions during World War II. World War II is the not sort of worrying fictional too much about how deal. many bullets are yeah, actually yeah. go into the magazine of that gun. Yes, yes. type of movie. Yes, yeah. uh, I think that and weirdly, actually, I think they may worry more about this about that in this than they do yes. in um, in, in Where <laughs> Eagles Dare. But Brian Hartnett is interesting because he's a successful director who seems not to have enjoyed directing and basically quits. Not laughing, despite making you know sort of. Mm. I mean, a lot, big of, a lot of there's a lot of people making making films in the 1960s, and yeah. not many of those films are, are regarded as classics. Yeah. Um, fifty plus years later, yeah. and uh, and he's he's one of them. But yeah. he, he goes into real estate apparently. As you do. <laughs> Good for him. Right. So <laughs> no. you've said it's a caper. What the hell? What the hell film is this? Actually, I mean, it, it's a comedy caper drama set within World War Two with a very impressive cast. I mean, I was looking to see what is it. What has come before it? A Catch Twenty Two is a bit the comedy of war. Yeah, but I don't think that there's. See, I wouldn't have gone straight to the Vietnam. Point. Okay, and that well, now you've said it, I can see, I can see where you're coming from. But to me, this was almost. I mean, it's a much more light-hearted movie than lots of the ones we've spoken about. Yeah. It doesn't take itself very seriously. I mean, Carry On Sergeant or something like yes. that. But, but that's not actually about being in the war. That's about being in the national service. That's about yes. sort of the ridiculousness of... Yes. Um, I mean, this is a weird film because you've got these action sequences yeah, yeah, that yeah. you could you could take the minefield sequence. Yeah, you, you could got, take yeah. the driving through the town, under you know, yeah. through the barrage sequence. It doesn't quite know what it is, does it? it, this it film? And, and you could put those into, you know, I mean, you could insert those yeah. into the longest day or something. Yeah. And, and and it would they wouldn't look weirdly out of place. Yeah. Yet you've also got, you know, I mean, the most one of the critics watching it at the time said, well, this is completely anachronistic because no tank driver would ever have used that kind of language. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Someone hasn't really no. understood the point of this <laughs> no, film. No, no. no, I think you're right, you know. I, yeah. sort of, um, yes, it's got these bits that are realistic. Yeah. And actually, the more sort of sensible criticism of it is that, that say, the minefield sequence where you, where three of the characters die does not sit easily with in this the, jolly yeah. in this jolly yeah. film about you know if 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 yeah. if if Ocean's Eleven sort of halfway through Matt Damon got shot in the head it would it's a different film yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the sequel would have had to become Ocean's Ten yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean the the film it made me think of was Inglorious Bastards yes yes and now now it is interesting right because Inglorious Bastards I think is a great film mm. I, I there's so many good things about that film lots of people don't like it but um, when it came out, lots of people complained this was very, very odd that it was a film just using World War II as a canvas to tell, you know, like yeah. a, an unlikely story. But actually, when you look at films like this or some of the other ones we've spoken about, that's it's a very old way of, you know, there's there's not that much original. Well, I about. know, I, I've actually, funny enough, I've got Quentin Tarantino's memoirs at home and I was reading them last week before we decided we were mm. doing Kelly's Heroes and I'm pretty sure he does talk about Kelly watching it because it, it's sort of there's yeah. a, the, the reason that Quentin Tarantino is the way that he is is that by about 1968 his mum is just taking him to see everything Yes, and yes. so he, he will definitely have seen Kelly's yes. Heroes and you can imagine that to be honest if you're if you're 8 or 9 or 10 years old you know watching Kelly's Heroes on a big screen yeah that, that that's going to imprint itself on yeah. your mind isn't it that's yeah. um well, I think that is the best comparison because there was a film about soldiers going rogue to steal money in Iraq as well. Yeah, Three Kings, Kings yes. with George Clooney, which yes. is all right, but it doesn't work. Yeah, it, it, it didn't know because it didn't quite, again, actually, what it didn't nail was that this is a comedy. Yes, exactly. 
And actually, the best thing about this comedy is Clint Eastwood, who plays it completely straight. Yes. I mean, does Clint Eastwood even know that he's in a comedy? I know. Are they, I, I, are they I all have filming wondered, all of it. See, I have <laughs> often wondered that because you know Clint Eastwood's later role. You know, once once a very established star by obviously hugely established star by the eighties and nineties, and he can start yeah. playing around with it. I think this is an unusual early-ish Clint Eastwood. You know, this is still Clint Eastwood of you know Dirty Harry era, yeah. of doing action movies, of um, doing westerns, all of that. I'm not sure he does know it's a comedy in some ways. <laughs> I sort of feel like he he would have picked it up, but because they were yeah. he's, he's in several scenes with Donald Sutherland, <laughs> but um, yeah, but it it I mean actually but it that reminds the, me of like the interviews with um, Jeremy Strong in Succession. He just refuses <laughs> to acknowledge he's, there's anything funny about Succession. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Clint Eastwood was in the same sort of yeah, mental space. Just, 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 <laughs> there's not laugh track. I mean. <laughs> I think, uh, yes, using Clint Eastwood to be completely straight yeah. while everyone around him is yeah. having the time of their lives. I mean, Telly Savalas is playing a bit both sides of the he fence. He is, but Telly Savalas yeah. is, yeah, I, I won't have a word said against Telly No, Savalas, well, actually, the thing is, having, is... having watched The Dirty Dozen and watched this, yeah. I, I'm, bec- I'm coming around to the idea that Telly Savalas is, is an actor I have failed to understand. Telly Savalas is not only wonderful in this and in The Dirty Dozen, he is an action hero with a really good range and also a tip for you if you've never seen it you can find it on YouTube tip for any listeners go to YouTube and type Telly Savalas Birmingham in about 1975 for reasons no one can understand the council in Birmingham paid for Telly Savalas to do a video introducing Birmingham to international investors. He doesn't actually go to Birmingham. Right. It's just him narrating a video about <laughs> Birmingham. And it is utterly, it's called Telly Savalas Takes a Look at Birmingham. It is possibly the greatest five minutes of infomercial ever made in the history of infomercials. But anyway, back to the film. I, before we go to the After Action Report, I have one other completely mad story just to explain the mad context of American politics in which this is taking place. Do you know the story about Donald Sutherland's wife getting arrested? No. So they are filming this film in Yugoslavia. They're filming it in Yugoslavia. Why are they filming it in Yugoslavia, Duncan? Because it's cheap but not really part of the Eastern Bloc. And also, in Yugoslavia, they're still using lots of World War II vehicles. There we go. So you can pick up a Sherman tank. Yes. and they're filming in Yugoslavia, and Clint Eastwood has to come and tell Donald Sutherland that Mrs. Sutherland has been arrested back in New York. And what she has been arrested for is trying to buy hand grenades to give to the Black Panthers. Oh, God. And she bought them from an undercover officer. And uh, Clint, who clearly, we, we know that Clint has, has a sense of humor because of what happens next. Clint explains that, that the way, the, the reason this is a really open and shut case is that she wrote a check. <laughs> To the undercover officer to buy the hand grenades to give to the Black Panthers. And as Clint is telling Donald Sutherland this story about his wife's arrest, he laughs so hard that he falls over. (laughs) (laughs) So it was that kind of film offset as well. (laughs) I don't know how I'd react. You know, if if you came in here today and said, Duncan, you know, other half's been arrested for. Buying hand grenades to give to a radical organization and then fell over laughing. <laughs> I feel it might put like a spanner in our working relationship in some way. I mean, ways, she but... divorced. They divorced yeah. a couple of years later. Right? <laughs>
Let's go to the after action mm. report. <laughs> right. Well, quick, Dad. They're on the cable car. I mean, I want to be called in really when the lion roars. Yeah, it's it's not one you want to miss a huge amount, is it? No. If, you know, if you have to, if you have to do sort of a jump cut. I mean, the minefield scene is great. I mean, we've said, you know, yeah. weird in terms of dramatic structure, but but very well did, done. Did, I mean, the, the opening sequence, it, it, I think it's one of the great sort of pre-title yeah. sequences. It, yeah. It's got, it because it could go either way, if you yeah. see what I mean. It, it, there's no music at this point. It's straight. There's, yeah. there's Clint Eastwood, hard man. You yeah. know, he's obviously doing something that's a little bit ridiculous but is this going to be you know there is this going to be a bit tongue-in-cheek yeah. serious action yeah. and you know and then he just and then he drives over the officer and then the music starts up and you're yeah. like, right okay no we're, it's fine we're in a comedy <laughs> a dark comedy <laughs> a dark comedy but that's, <laughs> yeah and, and then you get the interrogation which which sets up the other yeah. idea which is They've captured this guy to interrogate, and yeah. he think he thinks they want to know about the counterattack, and they just want yes, to know about the hotels. Goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and right, the the first meeting with Donald Sutherland, I think, yeah. is a great moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, the minefield. I mean, I like the tanks going through the tunnel. Yes, also very good. Also, I, very I good, mean, it, yeah. it's not particularly funny, but it is, except vaguely, sort of in the context of the film. You're now at the point where Germans getting machine gunned is something we're laughing at, rather than because you know, <laughs> you sort of know that our guys probably aren't going to get it. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. Except, that, the, except when they, except they do in the minefield. Yeah. But this is the interesting thing about this discussion. There are all of these really good. You know, when we're naming the best scenes, they're very different. Mm. We've got like you know, we've got like action sequences which are very well done, and we've got just quite funny bits. <laughs> well, oddball calling in support, yeah, from the cafe yeah. is just you. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, um, you know, I don't have to come to you. Mm. <laughs> I can get sixty feet of bridge anywhere. <laughs> Such a strange film. <laughs> no. Donald Sutherland also. I mean, I, 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 Donald Sutherland is not an underrated actor for me. I, I, no, no, I, I, no, no, no. He is rated precisely as he yeah. should be. Yeah. <laughs> what a performance. People, uh, people thought he was overdoing it. I, I think he just... No, it wouldn't work if you toned it yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, no, you can't a... be that guy and not yeah. be chewing up the scenery in a weird yeah, kind yeah, of way. Yeah, too. I mean, yeah. you just have to go for it. Yeah. <sighs> yes, and then the minefield. So the minefield is the one bit of this that is a bit kind of, oh, blimey, well... These guys actually are getting killed. I mean, yeah. the, I think it's, I think it's a well done tense scene. You know, mind, you know yeah. minefield scenes are another one of these. Um, I mean, not quite a trope of war films, but you don't usually see them in a film which is otherwise quite light-hearted and which throws a lot of jeopardy into the plot, which comes really unexpectedly if you're watching this for the first time. If you have you seen, it's probably not streaming yet, but it will be streaming soon. People listening to this because I saw it in the cinema um, at the start of the year. Sisu. No. Norwegian film. So oh, I, I've heard about this, yes. Right. The, uh... Now, we don't normally, we'd, we'd, as far as we're concerned, they start making war movies in 1980. Yeah, but yeah. actually, if anyone fancies something more modern, Sisu sits completely in the tradition of this kind of thing. And yeah. it does have a terrific mind. It's about the German invasion of Norway. It's about the German invasion of Norway. And it has a, um, it has a fantastic minefield scene. Yeah. So um, strongly, yeah. strongly recommend. And then I think Taking the Town. I mean, yeah. at the point at which they're taking the town, you know, just just leave me alone. I'm watching them yeah, take yeah. the town. Do you know what it reminded me of, Duncan? What did it remind you of? It reminded me of going to your house to do uh, tabletop wargaming. Oh, which there I we don't, go. I don't do very often. No, should, no, no, no. I should say, but the one time I have, we played a game called What a Tanker. Yes. I think it's time for you to explain What a Tanker. What a Tanker is a tabletop wargame in which each player controls one tank. It plays very quickly. We 
make little model tanks. We paint little model tanks. We move little model tanks around um, around the table, aim at each other's tanks, try and destroy each other's tanks. And um, had a very good time playing it with you and one of your children once. Yeah. No, uh, but the round-the-town maneuver to try yes. to get behind... Yes, to, yeah, to, to try, to, try yeah, to get yeah. behind behind the tiger. Yeah, I just thought, oh, this is this is what a tiger. Yeah, yeah, you just drive around, get get the shot at the rear where you've got um, weaker armor on the um, on the. Yeah, those German tanks, they're incredibly well armored. They've got incredibly powerful guns. There are lots and lots of problems with them, and you shouldn't fetishize them because you know they kept breaking down and all of this. But yes, against like the Allied Sherman. Yeah, if you're shooting at the front, well, I mean, good luck with that. So you have to go for the, you have to try and get around the rear armor and the the side armor. Yeah, I also know this because of the the computer game Close Combat, which you may or may not. Have. I don't know it, but I'm, I'm but, aware. But it, 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 the crucial thing is you should not try to shoot the tigers from the front. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. General advice: find yourself yeah. facing a tiger. <laughs> tabletop war game, all real life. It's a... She's not so dumb. Are there any women with speaking roles in this film? Oh, no, Ooh. no, there are no women with speaking roles in this film. I mean, unless one of the French women is saying something at the end. There was going to be a woman, Ingrid Pitt, who is one of the two women in um, in Where Eagles Dare, was getting on the plane to Yugoslavia when they phoned her up and they said, we've cut you apart. I mean, that's the most 1970 decision yes. possible, isn't it? You know, we've got one, we've got one person, one woman with a speaking role. We need to save a bit of time. What should we add to Cutter. Apparently, about twenty minutes of this film was cut, which apparently Clint is very upset about. I mean, it's a long film, to it be honest. Is. It's, it's two hours and twenty yeah. as it is. There is an argument that the studio butchered it. I don't know if 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 it's possible to watch the 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 original cut anywhere. But um, now, uh, now, now that is interesting though, because you know sometimes when we are watching one of these films, you know you see where there's been a little bit of butchering or some mm. messy cuts. Like, you know, when we talk about Battle of Britain, I, I yeah. mean, you can see which bits have been cut. How, but I didn't. I didn't watching this think anywhere that makes no sense. Or you know, it, I yeah. mean, this wasn't butchered. It was a surgery. No, I mean, there is a sort dead. of. There's a. I like the fact that on the final morning mm. they come in in the middle of a battle. Mm-hmm. You get it from the general's perspective, and they've yeah. and two tanks have been knocked out. Yeah, and we'd, we're not shown that because it's not. It's not really that kind of film. No, we've, no, we've, yeah. You know, uh, I, I, so I, I sort of no, assume they didn't film. It that. feels surprisingly tight to me for a yeah. two hours twenty minute film. Um, yeah, but I mean, apparently they, they filmed scenes in which half-naked women are saying goodbye to uh, the tankers and that kind of thing. But I, no, I mean... And leaving that out is not a 1970 no, decision. It's very, very interesting, yeah. What's the rating on it? That's a good question. And it used to be shown on an afternoon, but they used to have a bit more relaxed of an attitude to this. So at the time, it's the BBFC rates it A for adult. And that's what that um, means? That's what uh, it's not sure, quite clear how that reads across. But when it, when they make when they're releasing it on video in 1994, they release they do PG. Um, but this was this not, was allowed uh, to be shown on Sunday afternoon television. I'm sure of that. Possibly yeah. for a few slight cuts. But yeah, I mean it's no more no more violent than Star Wars. I don't. I say that right. Shall we talk about? Shall we talk yeah, about what the is body, the body, body count? count? Go on for the body count. I mean the, the body Would count of like... Star Wars is quite hard to beat. I mean if you, if yeah. you, if you assume <laughs> the Death Star is like quarter of a million people on it. Well, and Alderaan. <laughs> and Alderaan, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. The, um, would you like to have a guess at the uh, the um, body count? Oh, are we in the triple figures? We are. Are we at 150? Uh, 124. 124? 124. This is one of these ones where somebody has sat down and really worked it out, and you can you yeah. can go and you can find out who's killed how many people. So and that's that like one, just less than one a minute, essentially. 
Yeah, 160 minute film, 124 deaths. Yeah, about you know, yeah, one every yeah, minute yeah, and yeah. twenty. It's. I, I mean, I. I mean, do you have a view about the best death? Oh, I don't really have a strong view on best death, and now I now I see that's because there's 120 quite, quite to choose like from. the intelligence colonel getting machine gunned by his own side. I just feel yes, that I feel yes. that that's the kind of film this is. If you're not at least slightly laughing when when, you know, happens, when, yeah. when that happens, yeah. then probably this yeah. this film isn't for but you. But the interesting thing is, you know, it's going back 124 deaths, like what one death every minute and a third in the film. PG rating because the deaths aren't particularly. You yeah, know, they're, no, they're not. They're not gory, and they're all they're all anonymous Germans, and you know presumably this includes somebody having worked out what the crew of a Tiger tank is, and yeah, and and, you know it's very much that sort of um, late sixties to seventies sort of brand of you know someone's been shot, they sort of clutch their chest and fall over rather than it's not. I mean, it's not Saving Private Ryan, is it? I mean. In terms of people actors being introduced in this one, it's a bit because they're all sort of American comedic standards. But did you notice Dean Stanton? No, who's Dean Stanton? Well, I mean, at this stage, he's been acting in a lot of films. He's not a young man even then, but he's about to become Harry Dean Stanton. And he's one of the platoon. And he's a, it's it's just a slightly sort of bit of a breakout role. And he's still credited as Dean Stanton. He's quite low down the credits. Yeah. He's 10 years off Alien. Yeah. I guess, which is, yeah, which you is know, the, yeah. the, the moment at which he sort of properly becomes recognisable. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, I only looked up because I thought he was someone else. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, right, that's who it is. <laughs> Change the name. Um, right. Well, I'm going to combine two categories. I'm going to combine the nastiest Nazi and the Dan Buster's dog prize for the most problematic moment. Where are you going with this? Because <laughs> we only really see one sort of Nazi apart from the intelligence yeah. colonel. And that's, who can't be nasty because we've we be given him a yeah. comic death. Um, yeah. And that's the SS man who's yeah. driving the tank. Yeah. Who want, looks like he might have seen some action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's not nasty in this. To be no, fair. But, but let's assume he has been nasty at some <laughs> other point in he's the in the, He's in the SS yes, yes, yes. and yeah, he's I mean, driving it's, a tiger it's, tank. It's a subtle <laughs> clue, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> in terms of moral justice, you know, he's sort of last seen escaping with a tank full of gold. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a sour tone, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of, it's in line with the film. Yes. And this is why I think this is a Vietnam film. Because, really, the whole thing about the film is this war fighting is something we're being made to do by, yeah, you know, how can we... idiots who, yeah. you know, you don't want to be here, I don't want to be here. Let's go grab that gold. You know, they're not paying <laughs> us very much. Why the hell are we doing it? It's all, all of that fits together. Broadsword Radio Award for a completely implausible well, it's, moment. It's, it's another one, isn't it? Where, yeah, you know, the entire that. premise of the film is quite implausible. Well, you say that. Oh, you could tell me this happened now and I've missed the... <laughs> Do you know the true story behind Kelly's Heroes? Go on, go on, go on. There must so, have, okay, I, I can completely imagine there was the odd bit of bank robbery. Well, there so, have been a lot of looting here and there. Where Troy Kennedy Martin gets the idea for yeah. this is... From a record in the Guinness Book of Records, he spies this line that says the biggest robbery ever took place at the end of World War II by GIs and uh, German civilians, and it was of of Nazi gold. And he writes to Norris McWhirter, or possibly the other McWhirter, and says, um, 
could you tell us more? And they say, we can't really, it's classified. And it's not clear how they knew yeah, about it. I was it. about to say, what sort of but, classification letter it was? <laughs> it's classified, ultra, but top the, secret, but, but in the, from the Guinness Book of Records. Book of records. <laughs> Obviously, but, it can go there. But... There is a so there's a book that I have, obviously haven't read because I only just found out about this. There's a book published in the 70s that claims to track all of this down. And so far as I can tell from my um, extensive, extensive yeah. internet research, there is this Nazi gold bullion that has been removed from Berlin, and yeah. it's slightly cached in various places, and lots of it is successfully captured by yeah. the Allies as they're moving forwards. But there is one. Um, Provo Marshal, one military policeman, who tells the story of being of receiving an order to go and help um, some OSS guys, the yeah. um, American special American, American, American sort of strategic agents, services yeah, yeah. secret um, squirrel types to go and help them to secure some gold, and yeah. he describes going and helping yeah. them rescue this cache of gold and receiving a telegram the next day saying it had safely arrived, but then realizing sometime later that nobody else knew anything about this operation. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and he doesn't know who the but OSS this, guys yeah, but are. This is a thing with so like OSS. You know, eventually it becomes the CIA, essentially, yeah. and all of that. There is a hell of a lot of dodgy stuff from OSS. Do you think? Do you think this gold ends up being used to kill Castro or not kill? Oh, Castro? Oh well, not but, even that. I mean, like yeah, um, <laughs> in terms of context about the OSS, the OSS have this guy in Vietnam in the early sixties who's their basic coup organizer. They use him twice to help topple South Vietnamese governments for the big US involvement. He's then later arrested. Turns out he's also one of the biggest importers of drugs into the US, um, as well as doing the odd bit of freelance queue organizing in, because while working for OSS, he met a lot of gangsters because the mafia helped prepare landings in Italy and all of this. He just stayed in contact with them. And so whilst also freelancing for the CIA in the 60s, he also just, you know, happens to be a major importer of drugs. So yeah, I can completely believe that some fake or possibly real OSS agents <laughs> made off with a lot of gold. So yes, so there, I, it, it, sounds, it sounds a lot less jolly. Yes, than, um, yes. Than this, but, but there is. But probably didn't involve killing 124 people. So, no, you know. no. And uh, although there, there may have been a certain amount of gangsterism afterwards, because actually yeah. the thing with stealing large amounts of gold, as as the Italian job demonstrates, yeah. is, is that you've got this problem of what you do with your gold afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, Take it down the shop. Can I, and actually, uh, if we want to talk about competing plausibility, I'm not sure that that truck can carry that, that gold. Much gold enough. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite quite dense material, as yeah. I understand. <laughs> but um, that, that's my that's the moment in which yeah. I just thought, no, I don't yeah. believe this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Basic misunderstanding of physics. Turn it off. <laughs> Judge, judgment at Nuremberg. How many war crimes are committed here? There's a, there's a fair bit of war crimes. It's a lot of war crimes. Really, crime, I mean, we are we are told quite early on that looting is a war crime. Yeah. I mean, and and in the character of the film, we're told this by somebody who has got people, you know, carrying yeah, a yacht yeah. away behind him that yeah. he has just looted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, even Band of Brothers has got looting at the end of it. Yeah. You know, you can't... Because there's a lot, there's a lot of looting in war. I mean, it makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah. Duncan, is <laughs> it? No, this didn't change the is course this... of what this. No, did. no I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask it, yeah. Duncan. <laughs> Duncan, is this the operation that changed the course of World War II? No. <laughs> no. 
what point of World War Two do we think we, they've got out of Normandy? I should have yeah, looked think, up whether it's, it's somewhere in, in France. They, yeah, they, they, late, well, mid to late forty-four. Yeah, so it's after yeah. it's after July August forty-four. Uh, it's not winter yet. So yeah. I presume we're in sort of the early autumn of um, late summer, early autumn, forty-four. And actually, does this confusion of we're not quite sure where our lines are? Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. So yeah, yeah. yeah the war's in a very fluid state at this point across France. The German army retreating, Americans pursuing them up towards sort of Alsace-Lorraine, German border, Brits going north towards the Low Countries. So yeah, messy. Worth dying for. I mean, it's a good film. Look, it's a it's a good film. I'm not in any rush to watch it again. Yeah. But you know, if 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 I am flicking through television channels, if that's still a thing people do in ten years' time, and it's on, yeah. I, if you were in a hotel it. and it was on, you'd be like, yeah, exactly. oh well, fine. This is this is, but you know, this be, yeah. re, be it's probably more fun than reading a book. Yeah, I think it is a it, it's it's a great film. It's just not yeah. a you know. I'm not sure it's the one of the top films I would save if the Library of Congress were on fire or something. Yes, you know. I don't, <laughs> Kelly Seros. Thank you. Thanks for listening to that. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week, I think it's the first war movie I ever watched. Force 10 from Navarone. <laughs> <laughs>